0: Hi, and welcome to a new reporting project. We're calling Intersections. I'm Ryan Delaney. Indianapolis is undertaking a big experiment to see whether attacking the root causes of crime in just 6 neighborhoods can reduce the city's murder rate. Root causes, like hunger, which is why Troy Riggs is in the gymnasium of a church on Indianapolis's northwest side. Okay.
1: Hey, buddy, what have you been
0: up to? The noise level rises as residents begin to trickle in. They sit in chairs at Center Court, or lounge on bleachers, waiting for their number to be called. But to get the whole picture as to why Troy Riggs is here, we need to go back to 1989, when Riggs was a rookie cop in his hometown of Louisville. On his first day on the job, his shoes not even scuffed from walking the beat, Riggs's captain walked into roll call and gave orders about cleaning up a rough part of town.
1: He came out and said that we needed to step up patrols in that area, which was actually the Louisville police had that area. We were Jefferson County, but we were going to help Louisville police. And his quote that day was, I won't give you the exact quote, but his quote said, I want you to go back there, stop everything that moves. You can't trust any of those. And he used some expletives in that area because no one back there is good. Well, that was my neighborhood. That's where I lived. I found that pretty offensive.
0: And so Riggs promised himself that if he was ever in a position of power, he would never treat a community that way. So when he did become director of public safety in Indianapolis three years ago, he wanted a new way to gauge good policing. He looked at data that went beyond shootings and homicides to income, education, and housing. When he crunched the numbers, he found six neighborhoods that stood out.
1: We have... Eight square miles we're talking about today out of 400 in the city of Indianapolis, where 4.7% of our population resides. But yet they live in areas where 20% of the homicides occur, 27% non fatal shootings, 14 plus percent of all mental health runs in the entire city are made in eight square miles.
0: Riggs' big idea make life in these neighborhoods better and maybe crime will go down. He brought together two dozen nonprofit groups and said, let's pour as many resources into these neighborhoods as we can.
1: Any area that's having trouble, that has a degradation of quality of life, and that's really what we're talking about. Crime is an after effect. When you look at this, the breakdown of family is one of the glaring issues in each one of these areas. that leads to a lot of issues. Lack of education, uh,
0: lack of coping skills, a lack of people being
1: fed properly.
0: And so that's why Riggs is here in this gym, helping to hand out cans of corn and green beans with other cops and firefighters. A faint southern drawl still present as he greets people moving through the line.
1: How are you, sir? Got your hands full, man. Pretty much. (laughs) Two corn and two green beans if you'd like.
0: Problems, like a lack of access to food, didn't come out of nowhere decades of heedless urban growth left these neighborhoods without the resources they need. Urban renewal displaced working class and minorities in cities everywhere, including Indianapolis. When interstates were built, they went through these people's backyards. And then there's redlining, a pre-World War II practice of denying home loans to minority inner city residents that lasted into the 1960s.
1: Thank you, Dr. Pierce. Good morning,
0: everybody. Anthropologist Paul Mullins talked about this at a symposium in Indianapolis a few years ago. African Americans became
1: spatially segregated in 20th century Indianapolis by de facto segregation by white realtors
0: and neighborhood associations. In this field of- These neighborhoods are being squeezed again, but not by banks this time. And, you know, we talk about improvements, sometimes that's
1: just, you know, gentrification pushing the same population into a smaller and smaller space.
0: That's Tim Marr, who I spoke with about the changes in Indy's neighborhoods. He's a sociologist at the University of Indianapolis. When neighborhoods get hip, homes get bought and fixed up. Soon, the poor are priced out. Okay, so where...
2: Lashonda Crowe Storm
0: grew up on the northwest side of Indianapolis, now one of Riggs' focus areas, and returned here to work as a community organizer.
3: The neighborhood has very long history, and I'm attached to it because my family's still here. And I, 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 despite what they say about the focus areas, I never felt that way. When I grew up, it, it was good times. and. Um, I remember businesses and things in the neighborhood.
0: Crowstorm wants to show me some of what she sees as the real problems in her neighborhood. We drive first past the elementary school.
3: Within basically a three-block radius around the school on the routes that these kids take, there's 75-plus abandoned homes. And so look at some of these. The, these are the kind of alleys that kids have to walk by. And imagine being six or seven trying to walk past this daily.
0: Crowstorm and the community are working with the local police precinct to increase patrols so kids can feel safer walking home after school.
3: So in terms of the focus area, that's more of a focus for the community.
0: Then she turns down the alleys behind those boarded-up homes. The narrow gravel path is lined with overgrown shrubs, but they don't hide the trash and beaten furniture dumped there. It's this kind of blight Crowstorm sees as a real problem. Craziness, she calls it.
3: This is household stuff. We've got one, two, three, four, five mattresses, some clothing. This is not one house. So then the question becomes, is this a landlord who's done this? So are they tracking that? So for me as a community person, I'm much more interested in you helping me get
0: this real illegal
3: issue addressed. Crowstorm praises
0: the police department, but she questions whether Riggs' focus area approach will lead to lasting change in the neighborhood. For Jay Height, community change is all about the people. Height
2: is the pastor of the Shepherd Community Center on the Near East Side. You know, as you walk through the neighborhood, you're going to see uh, all kinds of homes. Some that are folks have taken great pride in and how they care for them. And in others, you're going to see folks who... They just don't take care of it, and that could be a variety of reasons. Maybe they don't have the resources. Heights lived in this neighborhood for 20 years, and during our walk on a
0: hot morning, he stops to talk to residents. Hey,
2: Steve. Hold on. Hey, Steve, come
0: here. He shares news and listens to concerns about problems in the neighborhood. People here are frustrated and worn down by the constant crime.
2: We're not going to police our way out of this. This is really a matter of hope, and... We, as as a church, as a ministry, uh, as a non-profit in the Near East Side, uh, it's really our job to help instill hope into people and let them know that there's someone there that cares.
0: For decades, the neighborhood revolved around the RCA factory and its thousands of jobs making TVs. But the company pulled the plug in the 90s, leaving a big hole here. The housing crisis was rough, too. Height says it feels like the recession never ended, but he still feels privileged to
2: have raised his family here. It's a place where... The porch is still in the front, and that's a sense of community, and I think the greatest challenge we have is we've lost, we, we've lost some sense of community, and with the loss of community, then there's no uh, social capital, and if there's no social capital, you can't bring about societal change. Those front porches
0: can be places to meet the neighbors, but for people like James Abbott, they can be a place to witness vice and crime. Abbott lost his job months ago, and since then, he spends a lot of his day in a tattered recliner on his porch with his dog Smokey close by. As he rolls a cigarette, he says he doesn't like what he sees.
3: I don't like this neighborhood one bit. It, I mean, you can find anything you want to at just about any house on the street, whether it be crack, heroin, weed. It it just don't matter. It's just
0: a bad neighborhood. From Abbott's front porch, it's hard to see the hope and sense of community that people like Jay Height long to restore. We'll continue to visit these neighborhoods over the coming months, telling stories about the causes of crime, as well as its effects. We're also posting a whole lot more to our website, wfyi.org intersections. There, you'll find photos, maps, and graphics. Intersections is a reporting project of WFYI Public Media in Indianapolis. I'm Ryan Delaney. Thanks for listening.